So if you've ever felt like that relationship, marriage, let's call it, was very hard work, then you're not alone. And if it was reasonably happy or manageable, at least before kids came along, then you might have the very typical and very normal story that suddenly when you became a parent, when you became parents together, when kids came into the story, when two became three, it was a major life change. And some marriages, many, maybe most, don't survive that transition very well. It is really genuinely hard to go from wife or husband to mother and father. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital, and if you're just meeting me for the first time, hi, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four. My goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect, intentional parents, say goodbye to clutter, chaos, and conflict, and reclaim peace, presence, and play for your family. So I try out all sorts of ideas on my own family, and then I share those that work with you. So I just want to shout out to our winner this week, anyone who's leaving me a review on iTunes, sharing it out on Instagram and Insta stories and on Facebook. I'm entering into our giveaway and it's so much fun. I get to feel like Oprah giving out all my courses for free. And this one is for Amina Malik from Pakistan. Hi, Amina. And here is the review that Amina left. She wrote, a podcast worth your time. The best parenting podcast ever. Wow. Avital combines work of different parenting gurus and parenting philosophies in such a profound way and takes it to another level. She makes it so easy to digest even complex topics. She has been my go-to parenting as well as personal support since almost a year. The community she has created is the need of the moment for every woman out there. I plan to be a part of Avital's community, present play, forever. I don't have enough words to show the gratitude and respect I hold for Avital from Pakistan. Amina, thank you so very much for this beautiful review. I'm blushing. I really do appreciate it so much. It really just puts a smile on my face. Thank you. And I'm so excited because I know you're already in present play. Shout out to all my present players. And I love that you want to be in there forever. Me too. So I'm thrilled that we'll be hanging out forever. But what I'm really excited about is that today I'm gifting you, you have one, Parent in Love the course of the moment. Because if you're listening to this when I release this podcast in real time, then the doors are open for Parent in Love. And I am currently inviting in new members. And Amina, you're going to be one of them because you've just won this course for free. And I'm going to tell you all about this course later on in this episode, because this episode is all about the method that I developed there, the Parent in Love method. It's an approach to marriage and to relationships. And you're really going to hear deeply about it. Now, if you're not married or not in a committed partnership, um, not in a relationship with another adult who is probably the parent of your children um, in some form or another, then you might want to skip this one. Or just, I need to just make the disclaimer that you just realized that it was designed for my married listeners. I'm going to be talking about marriage relationships, adult relationships within the peaceful parenting paradigm. And I know uh, that many of you are single parents and I don't want to make you feel excluded, but this is going to be all about marriage. If you are in want of content on single parenting, let me know, shout it out to me. A lot of people want me to talk about that and I don't have experience personally with single parenting, but I have a lot of experience with solo parenting, i.e. my husband is away much of the time, most of the time. And I would be very happy to relate to that if that is helpful in the future. So do let me know about that. And if you're not in a relationship, but you want to be, maybe you want to give it a listen anyway. It might serve your future relationships. It might serve to understand your past relationships or even to help you with your relationships with people who aren't your partner. But I do just want to say, I'm going to be speaking as if the crowd is all in a committed relationship. Now, again, if you're hearing this in real time, I have just held a live talk, the only live talk of its kind, where I shared how peaceful parenting ruined my marriage and what I did to save it. And it was an incredible talk. I gave it twice on February 4th, and I was just blown away by the incredible feedback. 
and by the fact that so many of you have already jumped into this process of Parent in Love with me. I'm really honored, humbled, thrilled uh, to see this movement take off the way it has, see this work resonate so deeply. I'm so happy that my mistakes and the things, the lessons that I've learned along the way don't go to waste and instead are used to help you uh, get a shortcut, you know, skip skip those years of, of pain and frustration and go to the front of the line. So welcome to all my new members in Parent in Love. And thank you to anyone who joined me on the talk, masterclass, webinar, I don't know what to call it. I thought it was more of a talk um, on Monday. And to those of you who are still interested in listening, I think you can still catch the replay if you're catching this podcast live. If it's before Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2019. If you're listening to this sometime in the future, then that is fine. You are coming to this at the perfect time. And I'm actually recording this podcast so that you can get many of the benefits that came through that talk, the insights and the thoughts that I shared there. I'm going to be laying them out here in the podcast. And if you already heard the talk, you'll notice quite a lot of repetition, but hopefully uh, that will help to cement these ideas further. Plus, if you're still interested in going further or you want to see if the talk is still available or you want to see if Parent in Love is still open, you can go to the show notes for this episode or just head on over to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash marriage, um, forward slash M-A-R-R-I-A-G-E marriage. And whatever information is there, we will try to keep that up to date so you know whether or not you can join, how you can get more information, all of that kind of thing. But my goal in the talk that I gave and in this podcast is to value pack it, to jam pack it so that you can get a lot of the nuggets to start working on this, even if you're not joining Parent in Love. I just really want everybody to be aware of these mindset shifts, of these transformations, and to you know, stake a claim on them for your own life and for your own marriage, because that's what's important. What's important is not how you get it done, but that you get it done, that you create the marriage of your dreams, or at least something that's close to that. Okay. So if you have ever felt like marriage was really hard work, I want you to first of all know that you are not alone. Or you might have been reasonably happy in your marriage before your kids came along. And just by the way, I'm saying marriage and partnership interchangeably. This applies to same-sex marriages. It applies to partnerships that aren't actually married. It even applies if you're in an open marriage or any other type of uh, format for your marriage. The point is a committed relationship. And I'm really talking to committed relationships between parents, two people who have children together, whether they're their biological children, their adopted children, their stepchildren, doesn't really matter to me. I'm just talking about that adult relationship between two romantic partners who have children together. So if you've ever felt like that relationship, marriage, let's call it, was very hard work, then you're not alone. And if it was reasonably happy or manageable, at least before kids came along, then you might have the very typical and very normal story that suddenly when you became a parent, when you became parents together, when kids came into the story, when two became three, it was a major life change. And some marriages, many, maybe most, don't survive that transition very well. It is really genuinely hard to go from wife or husband to mother and father it's really very, very difficult. And then it, be it continues to be difficult to swing between those roles throughout the day. Like, for example, me, if I'm being a mom all day and I'm in mom mode, then it's very hard for me to suddenly be in wife mode in the evening. That's difficult. I have to switch off my mom, mom brain to suddenly be a romantic partner again. Sometimes that feels impossible. It's just so far away from me. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever experience that? I think it's particularly hard when the children are very young, when you have babies and you're touched out or exhausted or tired or all of the things, just busy with thinking about parenting all day long and in that role all day long, you've kind of neglected that other side of you. Plus the partnership itself changes, right? Many of us find parenting really hard, but even easier than marriage. Like marriage can feel even harder than parenting. And we get stuck in our parenting role because at least there we have control, right? At least as a parent, we get to decide because we're the more powerful, bigger ones. And it seems like the stakes are higher because our children are dependent on us and because we love our children more than life itself. And somehow we have this sense that we have to choose between the roles. Like we can't be a great mother or father and a great husband or wife. 
many of us feel that we have more control and influence and even love for our children. And so we start to feel a little bit disconnected, maybe a lot disconnected from our partners. And many of us feel that our partners aren't the partners we wish they were, that they're too rough or too wild, too disconnected, like they spend too much time away from their home or too much time on their phone or that they yell too much or that they're just unskilled. Maybe they're too punitive. Maybe they're always yelling, always bribing, always punishing, threatening, and always undermining our attempts at peaceful parenting. Have you ever felt that way? I certainly have. I'm going to share my story with you soon. But all of that just makes us feel out of love with them, as though we would be better off alone. Many of us didn't see a happy marriage ever. I would love to hear from you guys if you could just, you know, DM me on Instagram. Give your parents a score on your marriage. You know, I asked this on my recent workshop and it was just so fascinating. I mean, people score their parents' marriages very low, typically. It's very rare for people to say, oh, my parents' marriage was an eight or a nine. It's usually closer to a three or a two. So if it was, you know, ending in divorce, then it would get a zero, say, although, of course, that's very, you know, superficial. It could have been a good relationship, but it didn't end well. But still, let's just, you know, round things out, say it was a zero and 10 if it was just a happy, peaceful, sustainable marriage. But most of us are rating our parents' marriages below a five. And seeing as our parents' marriage is the blueprint for our own, I have to ask, is it any wonder that we struggle? And seeing as our marriage is the blueprint for our children's future relationships, is it any wonder that we're all here here, trying hard to save, maintain, and nurture it? Because we know that the children of divorce are more likely to get a divorce. And divorce might be the right choice in some situations. I'm certainly not saying it never is. But none of us bought the diamond ring, the white dress, the expensive hors d'oeuvres so that we could hang out with glorified roommates for a few years, have some kids, many nasty arguments, and then spend another whopping, you know, 15 grand, which, by the way, is the average cost of a divorce, on a messy, lengthy, and painful divorce. That was not my intention when I got married. It wasn't your intention when you got married. I'm sure. And even if divorce isn't on your radar at all, you're sitting there listening to me being like, Vital, why do you keep saying the word divorce? I wasn't even thinking about divorce. You're not even considering it, okay? Say you're you're really like, no, we're good. My husband, my wife, they're great. We're in a good marriage. Feeling just that numbness, that mediocre, that disconnected, kind of low-grade unhappiness feeling is an issue too, right? None of us signed up for that either. In fact, that numbness, that feeling can sometimes be even worse because it's kind of like a trap, right? Things aren't bad enough to leave. There's no real problem. There's no violence or abuse or arguments or major unhappiness, but they also don't feel good enough to stay and fight for. Sometimes we have just kind of like a flat effect about our relationship, just kind of like, mm, it is what it is, it's just there. And that doesn't feel good either. So if you've already been to therapy, I have, raise your hand, or if you've tried talking and talking and talking till you're blue in the face, or if you've tried the sexy lingerie and the Valentine's Day dates, and you still sometimes wonder if your high school sweetheart would have made a better choice for the father of your children or the mother, you are not alone. This is extremely common. It is genuinely hard to sustain a lifelong partnership, especially with all the inflated expectations we have on marriages today. Now, you're probably listening to this because you want a peaceful, loving marriage. Maybe things are so rocky that you're just seeking security right now. You just want the arguing to stop, or you just want to be sure that you'll make it. Or maybe things are secure or even somewhat stable, but you want more. You want to get back into the passion. You want to feel loving and connected again. Or maybe you're like Galina, who I'll introduce you to. Shout out to Galina, who knew her husband is an awesome guy. He's a straight up guy. I've met him myself. He's fantastic. But she just didn't feel very in love with him. Or like Leah, hey Leah, who felt her husband was a good father but totally lacked the parenting skills that she wished he had. She cringed when she saw his style of parenting and she had no real means of convincing him to try harder and to be more peaceful. 
Or maybe you can identify with Meredith, who sometimes felt that marriage was just too hard. She just didn't feel like it was worth the work. She wondered if it was worth it. Or maybe you feel like Maureen, who, even though she had two children together with her husband, was never fully committed to him. She just kind of got pregnant in a whirlwind romance and never committed to him and realized that this was her partner for life. And she kept questioning whether it truly was. Listen, things can go wrong for anyone and marriages can end. Divorce doesn't necessarily mean failure at all. And I don't know what the future holds for me or any one of us, right? I know that my marriage could end in divorce one day too. It it could happen. But we didn't get married with that intention in mind. And most of us feel that it's the last resort. So I want to tell you, you are not wrong for wanting more. You are not wrong for wanting a happy, peaceful, and aligned relationship for you and for wanting to model that for your children as well. In fact, if you have the sense that having a good relationship is important for your kids, you are absolutely right. Our relationships are like blueprints for our children's future relationships. When they see us slam the door in frustration, we must not be surprised when they throw their blocks at the wall in frustration. When they see me criticizing my husband for feeding the kids a sugary snack, yes, I have done this, I can expect to see them calling their baby brother stupid for spilling his cereal. And I'll tell you more about that soon. Or when they see us arguing about whether or not my mother-in-law can come with us on vacation, it is clear to me why they are then telling secrets and excluding their friend. My behaviors, my relationships are mirrored in theirs because that's where they're learning it all from. The adult relationship in the home is the major energy decider. It's what generates the energy of the home. If the parents are happy, it liberates the children to just be children and do their growing up. It models healthy emotional life. It models good conflict resolution, good stress management, good communication skills, good teamwork. Basically, all of the skills we want for our kids, all of the skills kids need to be happy and healthy can be learned from the primary relationship in the home. So I, I want to ask you something. Did you ever worry about your parents' relationship? I know that I sometimes did. Did you ever cringe and feel afraid or even guilty because of your parents arguing? Or did you wonder if there was any love there? Did you have to save one parent from another? So many of my clients tell me this story. I had to save my mom from my dad or vice versa. Did you have to soothe one of your parents? Parent one of your parents? Did you have to choose one over the other? Were they in competition for you? You see, that kind of responsibility burdens children in a way that can crush them. It forever sets them up to be perfectionists people-pleasers, timid, afraid, and untrusting with their emotions. If we're unable to manage our marital conflicts well, if we are feeling resentful of our partners, even secretly, even if you think your kids don't see it, unfortunately, and fortunately, our kids feel everything. They feel if we secretly wish a tragedy occurred and we would be released of our relationship forever. They feel it if we're gritting our teeth and going through the motions, but we're feeling totally disconnected and out of love. They feel it if we're rolling our eyes and if we're jabbing and stinging and a little bit of, you know, passive aggressive behaviors towards our partner or teasing them in front of friends and family. Our kids feel it. They see right through, they see right through all of the things that we do. They see right through it. And even if you're texting an annoyed message to your sister about what your partner did now, they see right through your phone as well. (laughs) But let me just set your mind at ease. If you're afraid of the potential effect a bad marriage could have on your kids, you are probably right, but there is so much you can do about that. Kids are resilient and they can withstand a lot. But having happily married parents is a huge step up in life. I do believe that. It gives you a massive emotional head start. That doesn't mean if you are single or if you are getting a divorce, a divorce that your kids are doomed. Absolutely not. Kids are resilient. They can overcome that. And many people who are single parents or who do go through divorces are amazing parents and their children are just so lucky and emotionally stable and healthy. Absolutely. But having said that, marriage can be an incredible gift to give our children. 
As I've said, divorce is sometimes the right answer, but for the most part, we are right to be afraid of it in the sense that ending a marriage and breaking up at home is a huge ordeal for most of us, right? Even in the most amicable circumstances, it's expensive. I Googled this. It usually costs about $15,000 and that's on the average side. There are divorces that are upwards of $100,000, right? And not to mention the fact that after that, you're probably living on a single family income. Now, that's just all the different complicated details. I don't want to get into that, and I'm certainly not qualified to. But consider that, and consider the $25,000 that most people spend on average on their weddings, right? And it also takes almost a year, and it's painful, and it means our children are forever torn between mom and dad. Not to mention that we can feel like we've wasted our time, our love, and the best years of our lives on the wrong partner, which can leave us feeling like a failure. So even though divorce isn't necessarily a failure, it often is experienced by one as one by everyone in the family. But even if you'd never consider a divorce, your partner is overall a good person and you're committed, you might still feel unhappy, dissatisfied, that low-grade discontentment I spoke about. Maybe there's a lot of irritation every day when you see how your partner parents your kids. Maybe there's a big disappointment as your passion and libido have completely disappeared. That is normal. Maybe you feel that you do the lion's share of the housework and the parenting and the division of labor doesn't feel fair. Maybe it leads to a lot of resentment. You're right to be afraid of this feeling of isolation and the fear of surrendering to an unhappy marriage. And I think I was right to be afraid of the effect my partnership was having on my kids. And I knew there was something I could do about it. And I'm going to share that with you. Even if your marriage is in this great place, maybe you're feeling at a seven or an eight, and that is just great. Kudos. I'm so happy for you. I think we can all still benefit from taking things into our own hands and creating more of the marriage of our dreams, of making our relationship even more meaningful, even more peaceful, connected, and synchronistic. I am not talking about perfect, okay? Let's just get that out of the way. I'm never talking about perfect. I don't believe in perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect union because we're all human and humans are imperfect. I certainly don't have the perfect marriage, far from it. And I'm not talking about never fighting again or having passionate sex every single day or living happily ever after in some Hollywood style romance. These are all complete, you know, unrealistic goals. I believe that conflict is part of every single relationship, including mine and including yours. You will always have challenges. But as with everything else, the better your relationship gets, the better your problems get. When we're able to get out of survival mode, the next step is always working on thriving mode, right? We up-level our relationship and our problems are much higher quality problems. Rather than being just stuck in the fighting and surviving, we're suddenly working on more connection, on more meaning, on better sex lives, on better, better relationships, right? When everyone is evolving and growing, everyone has challenges. No one is immune. So please don't believe the highlight reels. Don't believe Hollywood. Don't fall prey to the Christmas card syndrome where you think that everybody else is perfect and you're the only one struggling. I will just tell you, as someone who many thousands of parents write to me on a regular basis, I know that everyone else is having a hard time too. I can tell you their secret. They're also struggling and so am I. The highlight reel is fake, okay? So what do people usually do to save their marriages or to improve them? Well, mainstream marriage advice is therapy. And as I'll soon share, I had some good experiences with therapists. I love therapy. I may go back to them in the future. It's a great place to talk. It's a great place to get insights into yourself. And sometimes it can really help. But the number one complaint about therapy that I hear from my clients is that therapy actually does not work for them when they want to create a drastic change. It's hard, first of all, to find a therapist that you like and that your partner likes. It's hard to scramble up your schedules and find the time to go and to get a babysitter and to put pants on and get there on time. And if you manage all of that, it's hard to actually spend the 45 minutes wisely and know what issues to focus on, especially if your therapist is just listening and holding space then you can sometimes end up feeling like you've made no real actionable changes and don't even know what to do differently. 
And I know that it's really hard to spend the cash as well. I know that firsthand. It's typically between $100 and $300 a session, depending on where you live, etc. And there's often no end in sight and no guarantee for actual results. So shout out to all my marriage therapists. I am absolutely not poo-pooing this. I think it can be amazing. And I do recommend trying therapy, but I know that it's not always the solution. I know many of my clients, including myself, have struggled with that. And many of my clients' partners just simply will not go to therapy. They're not interested. They won't do it. And then what do you do, right? So you can feel really helpless and powerless. Like, if I can't do therapy, what can I do? Plus, our expectations of marriage have quadrupled in the last few decades. Have you noticed that? Every culture and religion has a different definition and goal for marriage. But speaking for myself, I know that my grandparents had a very different set of expectations and norms for what a good marriage was. For my grandparents, a good marriage comprised of a husband who would provide security and financial stability and a wife who would make a home and produce offspring and obey. And my parents' generation added in that maybe they should also love each other and and be a little bit more in love. But I can see that sometimes members of my parents' generation still expected a very traditional division of labor. They expected patriarchy in many ways. And the wives expected to find their friendships, their support, their joys outside of the marriage. Right? My parents still lived in a generation where kids were told to come home when the streetlights went on, to wait until their father gets home, and they were expected to be seen and not heard. So you can blame it on Hollywood, perhaps, but our generation has skyrocketed the expectation from both marriage and parenting. We now expect our partner to be our intellectual equal, our financial provider, our emotional supporter, our passionate lover, our doula, our confidant, our friend, our assistant. We want our partner to support us in our pursuits, to go on adventures with us, to grow and evolve spiritually and emotionally with us. We want them to fulfill us. It's like all of our happiness and all of our needs are in this one person and we're more isolated than ever. So we're not even splitting this up with also, you know, fulfilling some of those needs from neighbors, friends, extended family. No, we want our partners to be amazing providers, excellent partners, and even inspiring parents to our children. And we expect them to do the dishes and the grocery shopping at least half the time as well. So with all these added expectations, we're also experiencing that lower support, living further and further away from family, kids not being able to play on the streets anymore, and not knowing our neighbors almost at all in many cases. So with all of this said, is it any surprise that marriages are failing over 50% of the time? It's just too much to expect. It's just too much to hope for. Or it would be if we didn't create a new approach to relationships. I think that just like mainstream parenting, which is full of punishments, rewards, and control, and that no longer satisfies our needs as parents, I think mainstream marriage advice is obsolete as well. Mainstream marriage advice cannot stand up to the new hopes and dreams that we have for our marriages. I have a dream for you and I to feel loved and just in love with our family, loving in our family life. I have the belief that our children deserve to grow up in peaceful homes. And I can envision a world where we can all live in drama-free lives. A type of home life dynamic where we can all become extremely content and even in love with what we have exactly as we have it. The type of scenario where we can manage conflict with relative ease and experience high levels of connection and presence with our families, even with very young children. So that's why I'm holding this this podcast. That's why I held that talk. That's why I created the Parent in Love course. That's why I do all of this work because I believe that we all deserve this peaceful, loving relationship. And I want to expose as much as I can the secrets, the methods, the mindset shifts that it takes to get the relationship of your dreams. So I absolutely think that this is possible, but it's a new opportunity here. In the old marriage paradigm, you were stuck with who you married. You needed to beg, cajole, negotiate, bribe, threaten, and manipulate them setting ultimatums or making promises and compromises to get them to change to suit your needs. In the old approach to marriage, you could nag, criticize, and push your partner into becoming the person you wanted. Or you were stuck. You were stuck waiting, waiting for them to change, waiting forever, unhappy, miserable, and unsatisfied. These were our options. 
pushing, compromising, negotiating, cajoling, nagging, you know, our partners, or just feeling stuck, or of course, ending the marriage, right? But here's the truth bomb that I want to drop on you right now, which is that you cannot fix or find even a soulmate. We don't find soulmates. They're not just out there wandering around. Instead, you become a soulmate. Instead of waiting for your partner to change, you can be the change. Instead of dragging them to therapy, you can become therapeutic. You can be the healer. You can heal yourself and through yourself, your relationship, and through your relationship, your partner. Instead of spending years and thousands of dollars working on the marriage, you can instantaneously work on yourself. Instead of waiting for your partner to make you happy, you can become happy now, and then you get to make your partner happy. Instead of waiting for the unhappiness in your marriage to dissolve, you learn to flip that script. You become happy and you watch the marriage follow you. This is how we become powerful in our lives rather than powerless. So I'm here to be kind of a vessel for these lessons, to channel these lessons that are coming through to teach peaceful parents like you and me, people who are intentional about our parenting. We're imperfect. We all know this, yes? But peaceful parents to become peaceful partners. How to transform your marriage without a single session of therapy. You can still go to therapy if you like. It will only complement this process, but you won't have to. So I've called this method Parent in Love. It's the course that I mentioned earlier that Amina has now won. Yay. And when you apply the method, you'll discover how you can completely and ethically change your relationship. And it's without your partner even knowing about it. Of course, you can tell them it's not a secret. You can do it with them. Many couples do, but it's not a prerequisite. You'll know how to become soulmates even when your partner doesn't want to change. And by the way, no one wants to change. (laughs) So of course your partner doesn't want to change right? And you'll know how to save your marriage, even if you're not sure it's savable, or take a medium-ish marriage to the peaceful coexistence and partnership of your dreams. So there's this little known thing called peaceful partnering. It's not known. We don't learn it and we don't witness it in our marriage. Hardly anybody knows about it or talks about it. I've certainly never heard anyone speak about it. But those who learn this approach create loving, lasting, sustainable, secure, and synchronized marriages. So let me tell you how I personally came to the Parent in Love method, because you need to know first that peaceful parenting ruined my marriage. Okay, a few years ago, let me just take you back to the beginning of my parenting journey. I'm a first-time mom. I'm reading all the books I can get my hands on. Dr. Laura Markham, Janet Lansbury, she didn't have books at that time, but I read her her entire website, Dr. Shafali Tabarian, Alfie Cohn, and all the fan favorites. And I'm passionately trying to be a peaceful parent, a better parent, right? And I'm doing all this reading and my simplicity parenting training, and I'm even starting to think about starting my own YouTube channel. And the thing is that I'm working so hard on being a kind parent and improving my parenting skills. But when my husband gets home, I find myself so irritated at him, criticizing him nonstop, just unhappy with him, kind of punishing him with the cold shoulder or with nagging and criticizing. And here I am, this peaceful, loving parent, but this nagging, resentful wife controlling wife. Okay. I still struggle with being over controlling. Definitely my vice, but I just felt that I was a better parent than him. I was the one researching. I was the one who knew what, what was good and what was right. And I was trying to teach him and get him to learn. And I was very frustrated that he wasn't, you know, one time my husband went out with my son. He must've been about seven or eight months old at the time. And he went out and we cloth diaper. And when you cloth diaper, you have different colored diapers. So he was wearing this turquoise diaper. I remember it so clearly. And my husband went out with him for a good few hours for like five or six hours. And when he came back, he was still wearing this turquoise diaper and it was sopping wet. And basically my husband had not changed the diaper that entire time. And I was livid. I was furious. And I said to him, you know, if you were a babysitter, I would fire you. I wish I could fire you. This is unacceptable. You know, we had this whole massive fight. 
I really criticized him. I did not know how to handle that situation very peacefully. And I just was so angry because I felt that he was just not a good parent. I felt also that I was doing more than my fair share of work. I was doing the lion's share of the work. I was resentful. I was working at a corporate gig, right? I was working outside the home and at home, supporting our family. And I was doing all the parenting. I was doing all the night feedings. I was doing the vast majority of the diapering, of the feeding. And yeah, when my husband was doing it, he was doing it wrong, like the turquoise diaper. And then he would go and play basketball with his friends or something. And I was at home changing diapers and feeling so sorry for myself and so furious at him. Like, how does he get to go gallivanting and just, he gets to go and have fun with his friends and his body doesn't have to go through pregnancy and breastfeeding and he's free and he can just rely on me because I'm the cute little 1950s housewife who does everything for him. And when our friends came over, he would make these little harmless, I'm saying that with air quotes, jokes about how much money I spent, right? Or about how controlling I was. And I would make the same little jabbing harmless jokes about how he didn't know how to change a diaper. Okay, he really did not, right? I mean, he knew how, he just chose not to. (laughs) And the truth was that a lot of the time I preferred to scroll through Facebook than to hang out with him you know? And sometimes it was worse than that. Sometimes I really had serious doubts plaguing me. I wondered if I had made the wrong choice and whether or not this marriage would ever make me happy in the long run. And plus from time to time, we had some bad arguments. There was that one time that I remember myself yelling at him from the top of the stairs. I was at the top of the stairs. He was on the couch at the bottom of the stairs. And I don't remember what it was about. I, you know, you never do after the arguments, right? But I'm sure that I yelled the word stupid somehow. I said something like, stupid, or you're doing something stupid, or that was so stupid. And the next day, when my three-year-old son stood at the top of the stairs and yelled stupid down at his baby brother, I had a very unpleasant epiphany. I realized that all of my peaceful parenting may as well have gone down the drain, because what my children were learning was what they saw me and my husband doing. And I distinctly remember my son saying to me, are you and daddy arguing again? My heart just sunk because he said it like it was obvious, like, oh, you always argue, you're arguing again. But I still heard the pain in his voice. So I set out to make a change. Not to me, right? I was perfect. I was the enlightened one. I was the evolved one. Hello. (laughs) I did not need to change. I needed to change my primitive patriarchal partner. He was the problem. He is always the problem. It's never me, right? I wanted my partner to be the ultimate dad and husband. I envisioned him doing daily yoga and making us fresh juice in the morning and laughing happily as he taught my children math using the expensive Montessori manipulatives I had spent too much money on. I really wanted a different home from the one that I had seen in some ways and that my in-laws had in some ways. I imagined me and my husband as some evolved zen hippie power couple with tons of little kids and zero stress or cellulite. I didn't want to suffer through any abusive relationships or mutually unhappy relationships that we had seen. I wanted to disrupt any intergenerational pain that we were carrying. I didn't want any more arguing. I didn't want to feel humiliated in front of friends and family because we were jabbing fun at each other and not really very connected or happy. I would put our relationship at about four or five at that time. And I really wanted to be at an eight or nine. The truth was I was really feeling like a failure and a phony. Even though I had a husband snuggled beside me in bed, I was feeling so isolated. So we tried therapy. I liked it. I did. And I even recommend all three of the therapists we tried, uh, you know, whatever, I might even go again sometime. But with the therapy, I found that it was challenged, the scheduling, the babysitter. My husband was not very talkative or very into it. We came away with very different conclusions of what the therapist had said and what to do next. And mostly... I was dependent again on other people. My clients also tell me this. They don't like the fact that they're waiting for someone else to show up and help them. It doesn't give you a sense of powerfulness, whether you can make the powerful transformation immediately that you want. One day I read an article about the problem with Disney princesses. It was this analytical article all about Disney. And it just shed a whole new light on my childhood heroes 
Ariel, the Little Mermaid, Cinderella, and Jasmine, amongst the other Disney princesses. And this article showed how this model for little girls was showing that Disney princesses always wait for the prince to save them, right? Uh, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, she loses her voice. She doesn't have a voice, literally does not have a voice, until Eric kisses her. She has to get the prince to kiss her, or she's voiceless. Cinderella, she can't escape her fate as a servant to her evil stepmother unless the prince chooses her. When the prince decides to put her slipper on her foot, then he has somehow saved her, right? He marries her and saves her. And Jasmine, Jasmine is trapped in the castle, in the palace, right? She's trapped in the palace until Aladdin takes her on a magic carpet ride, until Aladdin decides to save her and show her the world. She can't go on her own magic carpet ride. Why was I, like all my childhood idols, waiting to be rescued? Why was I waiting for my partner who, bless him, may never make the changes, may never take the steps, may never take action? He may stay passive forever and ever. So why was I waiting for him? I realized that if I wanted to make the change, the only thing I have control over, we all know this, right, is myself. I have to make the change for me. I decided I'll learn new skills. I'll practice them. I will learn to be happy. I will learn to be a good partner, to inspire and communicate. I will learn to love unconditionally. But as you know, working on yourself is hard. It's long. It's deep work. It's hard to change our approach. It's hard to work on our mindset. And I had to find the information in many dispersed locations. It was a lot of self-study. It was a lot of reading books. It was a lot of meditation and thinking and just retreating back into my mind and trying to find new ways, being creative, feeling into my power there, a lot of evolving. It was not easy, right? And The issue is that I found myself continuing to feel out of love and doubting myself and doubting us because a gap opened up between me and my husband, okay? Instead of now I'm the enlightened one and he's coming with me and I'm being all peaceful and kind and and influencing him, suddenly it felt like I was actually leaving him behind. Like I was becoming this Zen Buddhist monk and he was not. And now we were talking different languages and I had no idea how to bring him with me, how to still be in the relationship with him and still kind of zen out and peace out and be a peaceful ninja. I just couldn't bridge that gap. And I just felt like I'm evolving, I'm working and he's not. And now our relationship is even more doomed. And I searched all the usual books and and teachers for advice and I found none. Plus, this was now becoming the number one problem that my clients were coming to me with. Peaceful partnering was ruining, sorry, peaceful parenting was ruining their marriages too. And that's when I really sat down and developed the parent in love method. You know, I had to learn how to create a loving relationship with my partner where he was at, wherever he was at. I had to learn how to love unconditionally and still have good boundaries, how to have myself and him right? And as a result of that process, we became happier and more content than ever before. And sure, we still argue from time to time. We still have our ups and downs. I still sometimes feel disconnected. But rare are the days that we really doubt ourselves or our relationship or our abilities to overcome any obstacle. And let me put it this way. My bets are now firmly on us. Plus, I'm more confident than ever before that we are modeling excellent skills for our children, or at least that we're always on the right path to, that we have the right tools to. So going through this process really led to a rebirth of our identity as a couple and as a family. I felt our stress levels, you know, really stoop to an all-time low. And I now put us at about an eight, maybe a nine on our good days on our relationship scale. Of course, numbers are silly and measurements are silly, but I'm just trying to convey where I felt emotionally. So I felt at a four or five. Now I feel most days at an eight or a nine. I don't expect to ever be a 10. There's always something to strive for. But I have zero questions in my mind at this point in time about our commitment. And we've even come full circle and revisiting our happy Zen hippie vision. And now all my dreams and visions for my husband trying out yoga and making me juice in the morning have become a reality. So you never know. (laughs) Maybe dreams do come true. 
But the peak of this transformation and the moment I realized something monumental had occurred in my home was when my son just sighed casually one evening as I was tucking him in. And he said, I love our family. You and daddy are a great team. You see, here's the deal. Being a peaceful parent, but not a peaceful partner is kind of like giving your kids smoothies and veggies all day and then 10 donuts for dinner. You're spending all this energy on creating something good, but it's going nowhere. And in fact, you're self-sabotaging all of your efforts and you become miserable in the process. Just like food, the first step in getting kids healthy is to get those donuts and lollipops and junk food out of the house. The first step is to stop buying those. And then we can start to introduce more and more veggies and healthy foods. The first step in our relationship is to manage the adult relationship, to manage the conflict and the stress, and then to work on peaceful parenting together. First, we have to work together as a couple. First, we have to learn to be a team, to align, to rediscover our love for each other. Then we can actually take it to the next level and work together on our parenting. So I know it can feel lonely if you're in a stressful marriage. It can feel like you're a phony or a failure. I know I felt that way. You can feel like you're not really grown up when you don't like your partner or when you're always criticizing them. It can sometimes feel like you're your mother or your father or stuck in a different relationship than your own, even though you swore you never would be. And it can feel lonely because it's taboo and you can't tell anyone. And on that note, I have a Facebook community that's absolutely free called Peaceful Partnering with Avital. Partnering for my Americans. Peaceful Partnering with Avital on Facebook. And there you can find community of parents who are on this journey too. So please join us there. And that's where you can post, you know, it's still Facebook. I can't say it's safe or anything. It's still the internet, but the community is very non-judgmental and even taboo topics can be brought up in a respectful way there. So I hope that that's helpful for you. But you can get to the point basically where you wonder if it's it's even worth it, right? If, if you're even with the right guy or girl to begin with. And that's why it's time to take matters into your own hands, okay? So I want to share three secrets with you that are part of the parent in love method, okay? This is how we break down <laughs> that feeling and we really take things into our own hands. The first secret, and this is what I shared on the talk, is how to radically transform your relationship to the marriage of your dreams in just six months. That's the parent in love framework. Maybe you'll do it quicker or, or in longer time in your pajamas and without a single session of therapy, as I've discussed, right? So some people, when they hear about this parent in love process, they think, well, I don't think it would work for me. You don't know me and my husband. Our situation is unique. My wife is different. Our home is special, right? And I get it. I would doubt it too, because I've seen almost 150 people go through this process. I don't doubt it, but I would doubt it too. Almost 150 people, all with completely different starting points from tens of different countries around the world, different cultures, backgrounds, and religions. So I know that it works for many different situations. Now, it's not for everyone, right? I would caution that if there's mental illness or physical abuse or any clinical situation, then you absolutely need to seek professional help. You absolutely must get therapy and maybe much more than therapy. Okay. But if you're partnered with a basically okay person, but still suffering from the types of feelings that I've outlined here in this podcast, then this will absolutely help. For example, let me tell you about Maureen, one parent in love member. Maureen is a French naturopath living in England with her partner after spending five years in France. Her and her partner met in university and after a passionate romance, they fell pregnant after just two months with their child who is now six years old. And soon after that came their four-year-old and her now two-year-old. And after becoming parents so quickly, she felt they didn't get a chance to get the base, you know, the foundation solid in their relationship. She hadn't necessarily made the link between being a peaceful parent and being a peaceful partner. So she found herself giving her kids the best. And by the time her partner came home, she was depleted. She had no energy for him. Here's a quote from Maureen. She said, I secretly wanted to say, after everything I do for you, us, the kids, our family, the world, and after all the beep I have to take from you, don't expect me to have a smile on and a cheerful attitude. 
So you can see how she was feeling resentful and like a victim of the situation and even of her partner. But halfway through the parent enough process, Maureen said, the course is really living up to what I was expecting. I am not disappointed at all and I love it. It really speaks to me and exactly what any couple would need really. It feels like it's probably the only way to get to a happy relationship is to follow these steps. I'm really excited on Monday evenings, which is when Maureen sits down to watch her sessions. So she's learned how to respond to blaming and criticizing and is now building that solid base, even three kids in, as well as reaching out to our parent in our Facebook community for support when she notices all the good stuff that she's working on might be slipping by and she wants to get back on track. So big kudos to Maureen for her incredible success and the massive turnaround that she's created in her relationship. So you see some people question a self-study course or an online course or even the idea of a course about marriage. Um, and they question whether you can actually make lasting lasting change like that. Or, or they might question me, right? Because I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not giving therapy. But for me, the real question here is what gets guaranteed results? Forget about the how. Ask what will get you results? Are you looking to go the traditional route at all costs? Do you care about the how so much that you'll go a traditional route or you're looking for the underground tunnel to cut some corners and maybe get a little dirty on the way, but to get where you want to go fast and for sure. You see, the traditional route to happy marriages is meandering, it's long, windy roads, and frankly, it often does not get you there in the end, right? It just doesn't. And I've seen that the parent in love method has been proven as a direct bullet train version to cut through all the chatter cut through all the noise and make a true impact on the bottom line, which is your happiness, right? Now, some people are actually addicted to being a victim. They want to try therapy, right? They want to try being the important word here. They want to try changing their partner. They want to try, 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 and they get stuck in that trying phrase, phase, addicted and spending their whole lives trying, right? It's like when you go to the gym and you say you want to get in shape, you say those words, I want to get in shape, but your actions show the opposite, right? Your actions speak much louder. You don't show up. You don't really give it your all. And, you know, this is the person, not you, of course, someone else would do this, right? They'd go to the gym and really they're stuffing their face with donuts when their coach isn't looking. You know, there's a name for that. That's called self-sabotage, right? You and I aren't that type of person, okay? We are the type of person who, when we say we want a result, we actually want the result. We're not getting stuck in victim mode, actually wanting to fail so that we can say, I tried, I tried, I tried, right? Because if you go to the gym and you do follow the real rules, then you get results. It's, it's pretty much science. So to answer how to radically transform your relationship to the marriage of your dreams in just six months in your pajamas and without a single session of therapy, the answer is you show up. You do the work, whether in the Parent in Love course or on your own. You take the actions. You do the journals. You need to make the changes to your thoughts and behavior patterns. And if you do all of that, I guarantee there will be a massive change to your feelings as well, at least a large portion of the time. And the best way I know how to do this is through this Parent in Love course, through this method. But even if you decide not to do it, you must actually take massive inner action, be it through meditation, be it through reading, journaling, maybe through therapy, and drastically change what you've been doing so far. If you keep doing what you've done up until now, you will keep getting the exact same results you've got up until now. What got you here won't get you there. What you've done to get you to this point is enough. Now you have to take a different route to get yourself to the next point. If you want to change, you have to be the change, right? So the only question left is, do you really want to change your relationship like Maureen has? Are you ready to look at yourself in six months from now and say, oh my God, I did it. Or are you that person at the gym who's self-sabotaging? No, you are not. I can answer that question for you. <laughs> okay, secret number two that I shared in the talk was how to become soulmates and discover your innate compatibility so that you never again question the reason you are together. One of the biggest fears I hear from my clients is we're not compatible. It was a mistake. Look, we've been conditioned to think that you either find your soulmate or you made a terrible mistake, right? You either get it right or wrong. And I don't know where this insane idea came from, but I know it's dangerous, it's insidious, and it's beyond incorrect. It's just plain wrong. The truth is that you don't find your soulmate, you don't fix your soulmate. As I said earlier, you become a soulmate. 
You made no mistake, my friend. Your partner presents you with the perfect opportunities to become who you need to be. You just need to learn to see them and seize them. You need to learn to flip the toxic scripts. You need to learn to see the challenges as opportunities. Like one parent in love member, Galena, who kept getting stuck. Galena. She kept getting stuck thinking her partner and her simply didn't work together, thinking that they just had opposite values. And she learned that she could rewire her thinking towards her partner. And actually, then she found him to be the perfect person to highlight what areas of resistance were coming up for her. Or maybe you're like Claire, Claire, who is on my team. She and her partner grew up in entirely different continents and cultures. And after a few years of marriage, she wondered if she'd made some awful mistake, right? If they, in fact, couldn't overcome their differences because they just weren't compatible at their core, right? It's almost like this easy cop-out. Well, we're just not compatible, so it won't work for us. It's a good excuse, but like Claire and Galena in Parent in Love, you also can learn how to become a soulmate to whoever it is that you married. And in case you don't join the course, I want you to know what I mean by that so you can start taking action immediately. You can learn to see your partner's behaviors, those very same ones that annoy you, as your invitation to heal past wounds, to grow up emotionally and even evolve spiritually. So how do you become soulmates and discover your innate compatibility so that you never again question the reason you're together? You learn that being soulmates isn't a noun, it's a verb, it's an action, it's something you learn to do. And when you do that, you'll discover why and how your partner is actually the perfect partner for you, or as perfect as any other partner would be. And you switch your focus from making them be your perfect soulmate to becoming their perfect soulmate. And finally, secret number three is how to ethically transform your relationship even when your partner doesn't want to change. I want to just bust a very important myth, okay? Here goes. It does not take two to tango. Two to tango is the phrase we use to get out of responsibility, to shirk accountability. It's to say, well, I'm perfect. Like I was saying, right? I'm perfect. It's my partner who needs to change. But Seeing as it takes two to tango and he or she doesn't want to change, I guess there's nothing that can be done. And that, my friends, is how we remain stuck with zero transformation. Nada, right? How we actually transform is by seizing all of the power over the relationship and by realizing our energetic potential fully. It's kind of like going to a party and saying, this is a boring party, and then suddenly realizing that you are the party planner, right? Did you plan for entertainment? Did you plan good food? Did you invite the right people? No? Well, guess what? It could have been a pumping amazing party, whatever type of party you like, but the deal is that you're the party planner. No one else who gets to hold the reins or the blame for how this party goes. And I promise you, if you make it a gorgeous party, one that you will enjoy, your guests will love it too. I promise you that if you show up to your marriage as though you have 100% responsibility for it, your partner will show up too. When you change your energy, the energy changes. It has to. It's like the law. Okay? So I want you to imagine for a moment your partner getting home today and you greet him or her with arms wide open, with your face lit up, with the feeling of love and romance and and joy and connection and kindness towards them. Do you want to tell me that your partner's going to turn around and be snappy or annoyed or criticizing you? Because usually the answer is no. Usually in most cases, if you extend that kind of love, warm energy towards someone, you will get that back tenfold because you are powerful, my friend. The energy you create is the reality you live in. And we will learn exactly how to create all of that energy in big ways inside the Parent in Love course. I hope you'll be joining me there. As Sarah, one Parent in Love member said, she felt like her partner was secretly taking the course because when she changed, she was shocked at the transformation she saw in her partner. She just could not believe it. So if that is something that you want to look into further, then just head on over to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash marriage, theparentingjunkie.com forward slash marriage. If you're catching this as it drops February 2019, then you still have time to join Parent in Love at its original price, which will be ending on February 14th, Valentine's Day. So this makes the perfect Valentine's Day gift to you and to your partner. So I invite you to head on over there. Now, if this episode was helpful for you, snap a selfie, 
snap a screenshot, shout me out on Instagram, shout me out on your stories. I absolutely love seeing all of the amazing feedback coming in. Thank you for those reviews. Thank you for your feedback. It makes it all worth it. It makes my sore throat very worth it. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's okay. And I will share those to my stories and I'll also enter you in our giveaway. So you could be the lucky winner of one of my courses. And I would love to have you inside there. So the next thing to do after you've uh, done that little selfie and shout out on Instagram is to rate, to review, to subscribe, to share this with your friends, and then to head on over to Facebook and you can join Peaceful Partnering. Do you like my American accent? Peaceful Partnering with Avital. I'm saying it like an American. That's where we're at. Join me there. I would love to discuss this further with you and answer any questions that you might have. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.